Greetings, this is Brother John blowing the trumpet, sounding the alarm that the great day of the Lord is near, and to get saved today before the Lord's wrath comes. It's as simple as believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ for your salvation, trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died for our sins, was buried, and rose again the third day to give us life everlasting with him in paradise forever. Let's go ahead and get right into this. So the seven year timeline that I'm looking at right now is starting from 2022 and that seven year period will last until uh, 2029. That's a new Shemitah cycle. And for those of you that don't know, a Shemitah cycle is basically the seven year cycles. There's cycles of seven that just repeat themselves. And when you get to the 49th cycle, there's the Great Jubilee, and that is in the Old Testament. I believe that this next Shemitah cycle that's about to begin in 2022 can possibly be the start of Daniel's 70th week, with 2029 being the very end of the Great Tribulation. Everything's pretty much centered around Jerusalem, and uh, most likely what would happen is on their feast days that they're celebrating is when things will probably likely unfold. So it's important that we look at what they're looking at. And on May 15th of 2022, which is a blood moon, this is going to be the exact day that they're going to be celebrating the second Passover. Okay, and we know that the prophet Joel said in Joel chapter 2 verse 31, it says that the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. We also have in Acts chapter 2 verses 20 to 21, it says the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then we have here in Revelation chapter 6 verses 12 through 17, it says, And I beheld when he opened the sixth seal. And lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell onto the earth, even as a fig tree casts her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heavens departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens, and in the rocks, and the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? This links right directly to Luke in chapter 21, verse 36, where it says, Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that you may be accounted worthy to escape all of these things that shall come to pass, and stand before the Son of Man. So who's going to be able to stand on that day? The people that are praying right now to escape. The people that believe and trust on Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross. Those are the people that are saved, that they're sealed with the Holy Spirit. They're covered with the blood of the Lamb. Throughout the Bible, the Old and the New Testament, we're seeing that there's a blood moon that's occurring at the same time when the wrath of God is happening. And this is the same time that Luke says, who shall be able to stand and escape all of these things that are about to come to pass. We have here many verses that are pointing to the blood moon. This is very, very important and it's definitely
definitely a high watch time whenever there's a blood moon. So basically we want to be watching during these time periods, especially if they fall on a, on a feast day like the second Passover. When the moon turns to blood, that's definitely a sign. And we know that they said that there was going to be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and distress upon the nations. So we got to look to the moon as one of the signs as well. By saving all of those that are covered with the blood of Jesus Christ, it sounds to me like a picture of the Passover, right? When the Israelites had to put the blood on their doorposts. But this second time, we know that it's going to be by faith, right? And all of those that are trusting on the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, for their salvation. And we know that it's all by faith in his finished work on the cross. We're saved by the blood of God's only begotten Son that was shed on the cross for our sins. By his stripes we are healed. The grave was not able to hold our Lord down. On the third day he rose again, giving us the victory over death. O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. From May 15th, the blood moon in 2022 till April 7th of 2029 is exactly 2,520 days. And I believe this could be the seven year period for Daniel's 70th week. So May 15th being the second Passover, this fits really well with the fig tree generation prophecy because we know that Israel will still remain 80 years old until May 13th of 2029. We know that the people of Israel recall when God delivered their fathers out of the land of Egypt. Perhaps this second Passover is the day when God will a second time deliver those that have faith in the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. We have a prophecy in Isaiah uh, chapter 11 verses 11 through 12 that state, and it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand a second time to recover the remnant of his people. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and shall gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. And we also see this exact same language in Revelation chapter 7 when the 144,000 are getting marked on their foreheads with the seal of God and then the four angels are on the four corners of the earth and they're being told to, to hold back the wind and not to cause any damage or destruction on the earth. This could be linked to that exact time frame right before the wrath comes. And we also see that he is talking about a deliverance a second time. We know that the first time that the Lord delivered his people was in the first Passover that happened when the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. A second time could be perhaps the second Passover. We'll have to wait and see, right? In Proverbs chapter 7 verses 19 through 20, it states this about the second Passover. For the good man is not at home. He is gone on a long journey and he has taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. Okay, so this is a short verse. However, it's very powerful because there's actually four hidden clues here to when Jesus is going to return just in this verse alone. Okay, number one is the good man is Jesus. And we know this because scriptures 
state that there's none good but God. And in the parable of the workers in the vineyard, Jesus refers to himself as the good man. And that's in Matthew chapter 20, verse 11. Okay, so Jesus is the good man. Number two is he has gone on a long journey. A long journey refers to the second Passover in the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 9, verses 10 through 11. Speak to the people of Israel, saying, If any one of you or your descendants is unclean, through touching of a dead body, or is on a long journey, he shall still keep the Passover to the Lord. On the fourteenth day of the second month at twilight he may keep it. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Okay, so he's saying if anybody is on a long journey, that they could still keep the Passover, but it's going to be exactly one month later, the second month on the 14th day of the month. So that's the long journey refers to the second Passover. The third clue that we have here is that he says that he has taken a bag of money. This refers to his reward is with him. In Revelation chapter 22 verses 12, it says, and Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according to his work shall be. And also in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37, which is the parable of the Good Samaritan, there's also a reference here to his reward. Okay, so this parable is about Jesus. He is the Good Samaritan in this parable. He goes off on a long journey, and then he gives two denarii which is enough for two days wages meaning that from the time that jesus ascended back into heaven that same year he would return two days later or two thousand years according to a day to the lord a day to the lord is as a thousand years that's based on scripture if christ died if he died he was buried and resurrected in 29 a.d if this was the year of, of christ's passion then basically that would be the year 4,000 from the time of Adam, okay? Because we know that God has his 7,000-year plan for the redemption of mankind. Christ died in the year 4,000, and after two days would be the year 6,000. Then we enter into his kingdom of on earth, which is 1,000 years, which is in between the time of 6,000 and 7,000. And on the eighth day, we enter into eternity. And if we go by Enoch's calendar, his calendar is 364 days out of the year. It could be possible that the ancient Hebrews and the ancient Jewish people went by this 364-day calendar. And if that's the case, then that would mean that 2,000 years would be exactly 728,000 days if a year is 364 days out of a year. You times that by 2,000 and that's the number that you get. So if Jesus died in the year, let's say for example, the start of the new year, which would be Nisan 1, was in March 5th of 29 AD. That was the 4,000th year, okay? If you were to go ahead and add 728,000 days from that date in 29 AD, that takes you exactly 2,000 years later. That date would take you exactly to May 15th of 2022, when we're going to have the blood moon and it's the second Passover. So this would be the third day after 2,000 years. So 
it's huge, it's significant. But the fourth clue that we have here, that he will come home at the day appointed. This means the Moed or the Moedim in Hebrew, and it's often translated as the appointed time. Passover is a Moedim. The second Passover is also a Moedim for those that missed the first. So now back to the timeline of May 15th to April 7th, which is exactly 2,520 days according to the Jewish calendar that would fall on uh, April 7th of 2029. And that's actually uh, the last day of Passover. And it's also known as the eighth day. On this day is the day when Isaac, who was the first child to enter into God's covenant of circumcision, this is the day that Isaac got circumcised. Okay, and this could be the day of the second coming. We know that the man-child that is going to be born again at the rapture of the church is going to be circumcised as well on the eighth day. They have to be presented unto God in Jerusalem and to be set apart as holy unto God. Not only that, but Jesus mentions the last day seven times in the Gospel of John. And we know that this refers to the resurrection. For an example here, we have in John chapter 6, verse 54, it says, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. This sounds a lot like eating the, the Passover lamb of God. This resurrection sounds like it's going to take place on the last day, and that's going to be during the second coming. And we know that in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 5, He's talking about this resurrection, right, that happens at the end of the tribulation. It says, and this is the first resurrection, and these are the people that are going to reign with Christ for a thousand years. Okay, so the last day of Passover, it fits for the second coming. And on Nisan 22nd, it's not only known for the day that Isaac was circumcised and the eighth day covenant with Abraham, but it's also the first day that the Israelites encircled uh, Jericho. And they started marching around the city for seven days. So this was the first day that they encircled the city of Jericho. And if each vial, right, or the bowls in other versions, if each of these vials that are poured out at the end of the tribulation, at the end of the seven years, if each of them lasts one day, that would be a foreshadow of the Israelites encircling the camp of Jericho for seven days. And then on the, uh, the last day, which was the seventh day, when it, they encircled it seven times, that would actually be on our calendar, April 13th. For them, it would be uh, Nisan 28 on their calendar to the Jews. And this would be the day that the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites took over the city. They took over the promised land on that day. And the city was theirs. It was given by God. They got the victory because of God. And we know that at the end of the Great Tribulation that there's going to be great destruction and that we're going to take over the, the whole world, right? We're going to reign with God and this world is going to be overturned by God. We're going to be the ones to take the promised land. How's that for a foreshadow for you, huh? Another huge event that's going to take place on April 13th, which is the same day that the walls of Jericho collapsed, uh, an asteroid that goes by the name of Apophis, 99942, Apophis, that's the number of the asteroid. Um, so th this stone hitting the earth fits uh, really good with Daniel's prophecy as well, 
of the stone that's going to hit the feet of the statue, right? And Daniel talks about this in Daniel chapter 2. This is why I said that the blood moon on the night of May 15th or early morning May 16th, depending on your location, is the highest watch time yet. Because it's the last blood moon that fits into the 80 year fig tree generation timeline. And it also occurs on the second Passover. And there won't be another blood moon that falls on the second Passover until the year 2032. And that year falls outside of the fig tree generation timeline. So it seems that this upcoming blood moon fits in really nicely with the fig tree generation. God makes it clear in Revelation chapter 3 verse 3 that we can know when it will occur. And I believe with increasing clarity as the day approaches. And we are told to watch. And what a blessing it is to be alive right now and to be seeking the Lord and to be seeking that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ when he returns on the clouds to take us to his father's house as he promised us 2000 years ago. The point of all these videos is to warn folks that Jesus is coming soon to rescue his children, those who believe in him for salvation and to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before the seven years of wrath and judgment come. Jesus Christ is coming back to rescue his bride soon and the doors to the ark are going to be shut. Don't wait for the flood to come before you try to make your way to the ark. It's going to be too late. If you're not a believer in Christ, what are you waiting for? Make the decision right now for the love of God. I'm begging you to get on the ark, that is Jesus, before the doors are closed and his wrath comes. I'm serious. You do not want to be left behind to face the wrath and the judgment of God. How do you get saved then? Thank God that it's not rocket science. God is so good. He has made it so simple a child can understand it. There's only one way to be saved. By the faith and the finished work of the Son of God, that is Jesus Christ on the cross. Trust that his death, his burial, his resurrection on the third day was the payment for all of your sins. That is the good news. Our sin debt has been paid by the righteous blood of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. He bore all of our sins on the cross. He is the perfect Lamb of God, spotless, without blemish, meaning He never sinned. He is the Holy One of God and He gave His righteousness as a free gift to be received by faith. Faith alone in Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. Jesus' name is the name that is above all names and the only name that can save you. You cannot earn your salvation. It is not by works. The only work is to believe in the one that God sent. That is his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who came down from heaven and is the savior of the whole world. John chapter 3 verse 36 says, He who believes in the son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. That's it. Simply accept in your heart that you are a sinner, turn to Christ, the only one that can save you, and believe that his shed blood on the cross covered the penalty for all of your sins, past, present, and future. Simply accept that free gift of God's love, provided to you solely by his grace. It is not of works. Call upon him. He will hear you and you will be saved, and you will be sealed by the Holy Spirit the moment that you believe in the good news, that very instant, and become redeemed and eternally saved. Praise God!
That's all for today, folks. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen and Maranatha.